When God got around to creating Ireland, whatever about anything else, he designed it as a perfect place to sail around. The course retains a magic all of its own for most sailors. However, when the ingredients include an ultra-modern ocean racing catamaran, extreme weather from gale to calm, and a diverse crew attempting to break the all-time record, the outcome is captivating. Well, for me at least. Enda Okanin is the name. To date, my life has revolved around boats and the oceans of this world. So when the opportunity arose to sail around Ireland in an attempt to establish a record, only a leather whip and iron bars would have stopped me. Our craft, a massive 60-foot ocean racing catamaran, British Airways 1, skippered by world-renowned yachtsman Robin Knox Johnson, verges on the dimensions of a tennis court. With a mast that towers 80 feet into the air, she is an enormous machine and, unlike conventional yachts, is capable of speeds of up to 30 miles per hour. Our crew, a nine-strong motley bunch, include Bernard Gallet, a big, burly rugby player who last came to Ireland to represent France at Lansdowne Road. Then there was John Guinness, a lifelong sailing enthusiast, as is his wife Jennifer Guinness, a lady who won the hearts and minds of many people throughout the world after her recent kidnap ordeal. Then, complete with Dermot Mangan, Liam Lawler, Winky Nixon, John Hall and myself, our crew came together. While very much a part of the team, I took a tape recorder along as well, and as we departed Dunleary on a blustery Sunday afternoon in May, we start with Jack and George, boatmen at the National Yacht Club. The wind is about northeast out there at the moment, and uh, it may last, but uh, I don't know how long it has, but I didn't get the forecast. Would you like to be going yourself, Jack? I would, a double trip, on it, yeah. Well, I would certainly reiterate what Jack has just said, and uh, I certainly hope they have a good go at it. I certainly hope they make it. What do you think of the conditions today? Uh, a bit blustery, but they'll manage all right. Manage all right. OK, well, will you be actually towing the boat out, will you? Yes, m- myself and Jack will be towing it, towing it out. We have to be careful about how we take it out in case we, we catch one of the scoops on the Kufasa. So Jack will be acting as the drag boat to take the stern out while I tow her out uh, forwards. And then we'll be uh, heading her up into wind while they set sail, and then uh, that's our job done. <laughs> now, Mr Nixon, what do you think about this trip? We're heading out towards the Kitch Lighthouse for going to start the record there. What are your feelings at this stage? Well, I was scared stiff of the whole business beforehand, but the best thing was to do the delivery trip up from Plymouth and savour our first bit of bad Irish weather off Arkville. And um, now we're far more accustomed to the boat. You feel happier on board? Absolutely deliriously happy. The company is great. <laughs> How do you feel, Jenny? A bit excited, a bit scared, and um, I'm just debating whether we'll make a cup of coffee or not. Well, uh, I think we have to win in our favour for the first day. It's very, very exciting. Um, it didn't seem such a good idea at 8 o'clock this morning, but uh, things are looking up now. We all seem to be settling down very well, so it's very exciting. Did you have a good breakfast? Yes, we had uh, probably our last cooked breakfast for two or three days, so uh, we certainly ate well this morning. Uh, Tipperary, this is British Airways 1. Over. Six. Six going up. 
Tipperary, British Airways 1. Yes, sir, loud and clear. Uh, we're inward bound into Dublin. We could be passing about a mile and a half north of the of the Bennett Bank. And we should be at the Bailey at about 12.35. So that's just for your information. Tipperary, uh, this is British Airways 1. Very many thanks. Uh, thank you for letting us know. We'll avoid you. Over. The seas were uh, too rough for an ordinary pleasure craft to come out and uh, officially start us, so Dunleary Lifeboat is to come out and see us off, but uh, so far we've been trying to trace them, we cannot find them, we do not know whether they're coming or not. Dunleary Lifeboat Station, over. Uh, Dunleary Lifeboat Station, Afternoon, ma'am. Can you tell us what is happening to the lifeboat? Is she on her way out to the cache or not, over? Dunleary Lifeboat Station. Roger, the lifeboat has slipped this morning and is just coming out of the harbour now. Over. Uh, Dunleary Lifeboat Station, thank you very much for that. Understood. Uh, we are now uh, making our way out towards the Kish and we will get sight of us shortly. Thanks very much. Back 16. We've got the Kish Lighthouse beam now. We're wearing around ship. We're going to jibe around. The seas are quite steep, quite close together. I suppose the wave heights are about 15 feet. Uh, over the deck we've got about 40 knots of wind, which is gale force. And we're off. We're creaming along at about uh, 15 knots. Uh, she's flying. Uh, what's the time exactly? It's uh, 17 minutes past one. Sunday. Uh, it's quite emotional looking at the Kish Lighthouse from here. Uh, it's going to be a long, hard slog. Hopefully within uh, three days we will see it once again and actually break the record. Certainly at the rate we're moving now there'll be no stopping us. It's lashing with rain. The sea is overcast. Uh, the wind is freed off. We've rounded uh, South Rock, which is on the southern uh, shore of County Down. It's a light ship. We've been making absolutely fantastic time. We've been averaging about 17 or 18 knots. Uh, already we're approaching Belfast Lock and we're just crossing the uh, Stranlar Larn Car Ferry. We had a British coastal patrol ship um, keeping an eye on the border, presumably. Uh, she tried to keep up with us and uh, we were talking with her on VHF radio. Her maximum speed was about 16 and a half knots and uh, we were actually going faster with her. Um, this is a remarkably quick time to Belfast. Uh, the wind has uh, lightened off a bit now, though there are uh, gale warnings uh, for this part of the ocean.
I'm sitting in at the chart table. Uh, the weather has settled considerably as we uh, alter course around the uh, top of Ireland. Uh, we've cleared Belfast Lock and we're now approaching uh, East Maidens, uh, pointing towards the uh, Mull of Kintyre. The North Channel is a fascinating stretch of water. Um, it's uh, about 10 miles wide at the narrowest point between the Mull of Kintyre and uh, North of Ireland. Uh, the navigation area is an interesting part of the boat. I'm hunched up here. Um, again, the average height throughout the ship is three and a half feet. Hunched up and uh, on my left hand side uh, I have a simile receiver which uh, records weather forecasts and uh, every couple of hours gives out a printout of up-to-date weather situations. Beside that, I have a Decca Yacht Navigator, which works on navigational chains, uh, puts out a radio, radio signal, and you cross the two signals on this machine. It's a wonderful bit of electronic gadgetry. Beside that, again, uh, it's almost a, like a backup system. We have a Walker uh, Satellite Navigator. Uh, this picks up positions from the navigator. And then our next instrument is a ship-to-shore radio telephone. Uh, it's possible to make a telephone call virtually uh, anywhere in the world by linking up with radio stations. Beside this again we have a single sideband uh, locata radio direction finder which also doubles up as a radio. Ticking away in the background is the log clocking off the uh, one hundredths of miles as we uh, cruise along and beside that is a speedometer. Then on my right hand side I have various uh, navigational books, uh, instruments, a maze of switches and uh, turning around we have the autopilot which uh, is not in operation at the moment but when used for short-handed sailing is extremely useful. At the moment uh, Jenny Guinness is preparing our first uh, dinner at sea. Uh, she's been busy peeling the spuds and uh, there's a big hole in my stomach. I'm certainly looking forward to dinner. Uh, with the heavy weather, we have split the crew up into uh, two watches. Uh, I'm obviously on watch at the moment while the other watch are sleeping and we will have our dinner on the split watches between the two watches when everybody's up. It's absolutely a gorgeous evening now. The, the sun has come out and uh, we've got the mountains and hills of Scotland on our starboard beam and uh, uh, Northern Ireland on our port beam. It's uh, very, very scenic and very, very beautiful. It uh, makes all the horrible parts of uh, sailing that really makes up for it. This is really, really great stuff. In his towel bearing 200, Uh, by taking uh, constant bearings with a hand bearing compass, we can check our position as we go around this uh, Inishtrahul on the northern tip of Ireland. Uh, though we have quite sophisticated electronic navigation gear, um, you can never be sure, and uh, there's nothing like the old hand bearing compass to uh, double check on positions. So it's coming up now, it's bearing south, so quite shortly we'll be altering course. Uh, about uh, 25, 30 degrees, um, the next landmark being uh, Tory Island. So 
Uh, hopefully we get to Tory when it's bright. Uh, it's a bit of a shame to skim past this coastline in the, the black of night and, and not see any of it. Bernard, would you like your sheets adjusted? Sorry? Would you like the sheets adjusted on the spinnaker? Uh, yeah, what's going tomorrow? I think we're ready to alter course. Are you far out from us, over? No, Tory Island. In fact, I'll probably come in within a couple of miles of you. I'll give you a call as I get closer, so maybe you'll see me in the loom of your light, over. Uh, Roger, we'll be looking out for you. We'll take a look with the uh, binoculars and see you when you're passing down. Okay, uh, I was talking to Eagle Island earlier on there about uh, an hour ago, and they had something similar in weather to ourselves here. Uh, force three from the southeast, and a fine clear night down there too. Over. Well, that's most of them. We've just been living like we're now. We we left Dublin yesterday at about uh, quarter past one, and uh, wind's been very good to us so far. But we need a little bit of luck now from here on right down to Mizzenhead, and then uh, hopefully a southwesterly, and uh, we should stand a good chance. But uh, Oh, well, you know as well as I do, you need luck in all these things, over. Ah, uh, yes, you're doing fine so far anyway, and uh, you never know, you might get the bit of luck you need. Uh, the ones are a bit lighter on the west coast than they were on the east. But as you say, with the bit of luck, you never know. Right, we're listening out here, and uh, we'll tell Eagle how you're getting on on the other set, and they'll be listening for you when you come down towards them too. Uh, all the best for the moment. Can you give us a shout when you're passing and a safe journey? Tory Island, this is British Airways One. Yes, many thanks, many thanks. And as I say, I'll give you a call when I'm a couple of miles from passing you and uh, see if you can see us, over. Roger, that's fine. I'm now standing on the aft deck. We're whizzing along at some 15 knots. The wind is about uh, 25 knots over the deck. Uh, we've had a very fast, exciting sail over the last uh, six hours. Uh, we've just crossed uh, Donegal Bay, leaving uh, the fishing port of Killybegs in on our port beam. Uh, we've rounded a headland now, and uh, in on our beam is Black Sod Bay, and we're making time very, very quickly on Eagle Island. Uh, from Eagle Island, we turn uh, further south and uh, head straight on down the west coast of Ireland. How did you feel on the Helm Liam? Well, last night in the dark with the uh, spinnaker up, doing 20 knots in pitch dark was something else. It's, uh, it's a hell of a change from keelboat sailing. So what's that uh, headland you're, you're doing? We're just coming up to Eagle Island now. I think we're about four miles off it. A very desolate island, I would imagine. Is this your first time up along this area? This so yeah, it's my first time on the west coast of Ireland, a sailing. It's, it's, it's a different ball game. Of That's interesting, that uh, rolling Atlantic swell. You, you don't get that on the Irish Sea. It's no. first time you've experienced um, that. No, you get it down the south coast of Ireland. Uh, you get a very gentle one. Uh, I remember a few years ago coming out of uh, Crookhaven there. There was a bit of a surprise to come out and find a 
lovely, even swell. Very, very comfortable. Much different than what you get in the Irish Sea. It's a desolate looking place, Eagle Island, there, isn't it? It is uh, indeed. It is indeed. How's it to be a lighthouse keeper? Um, well, if you had plenty of uh, Rachmaninoff and Vorjak and that, I'm sure you could, you'd survive somehow. Well, did you get a good sleep last night? How do you feel after uh, living in this discomfort now where we're in our second day at sea? Um, yeah, well, when you, when, you, when you go off watch, you're normally fairly tired. And uh, you can crash out on anything and go to sleep, I find. You certainly sleep nearly. I, when I go off for three hours, I sleep nearly for the full three hours. Then reluctantly, you get the dig in the ribs to get up again. British Airways 1, this is Blackstar. Uh, good morning. Uh, lovely to hear your voice again. Um, will you stand by, please? I have somebody, public relations, on the telephone. Uh, I, so I have established contact with you. So will you stand by, please? Uh, can you give me a rough position at the moment? Over. Uh, Black Sword, British Airways 1, yes, uh, I will stand by. We're about six miles northeast of Eagle just now, and we're coming in quite broken. Certainly I will talk to them now, but it may be better that we talk in about half an hour's time, but I'll try now. Over. Roger, maybe I'll get them to transfer to Eagle Island. Uh, you should have good, um, good contact with Eagle. I'll probably tell them to contact Eagle. Over. Well, I think, in fact, you're coming in a bit better now, so we can try through this if you like. Over. Okay, stand by. Stand by. And this is Blackstar. Okay, I just have a few brief questions for you. Uh, how do you think your time? How are you? How do you think time is there for uh, for the record attempt? And what are weather conditions? Read the record attempt. Over. The answer to the first one is the time. We're very pleased with our time so far, but we are slightly apprehensive about the weather that we're going to run into. Uh, from the forecast, it's rather difficult to tell what we're going to get, but we have had good information from both Sline and Loop that the wind is still favourable down that way. Over. OK, just stand by. Hello, hello, British Airways 1. Uh, good morning, good morning. This is a, this is a pleasant surprise, a pleasant surprise. I'm stuck for work now. Over. Uh, Blacksword, British Airways 1. Ted, nice to hear your voice. Uh, I was just thinking of wondering how I was going to give you a call when your son came on asking me a question about the people in Dublin. Oh, well, it's marvellous hearing you know, marvellous. Um, you won't be on the trip, I suppose, but anyway, I hope you win this thing. I think you're on a bit of a race or something. Over. Yes, Ted, uh, I wish she'd been there so that I could have said hello to her. Um, well, we're trying to beat a time record rather than a race, and we're having a great sail at the moment. As I say, do you remember the day you came to meet us when our legs wouldn't carry us all the way down to you? Um, I often think of that day. We had great time that day. And the tea, do you remember the tea we had in the lighthouse with the grandchildren? How are they? What's them? What's them? Hello, 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 hello. Loud and clear, loud and clear. Um, oh, yes, I do. Uh, no, I <laughs> you won't get away with that. Your legs will never fail you. <laughs> never. So there you are. Indeed, I do remember that day. Indeed, we very, very often speak about it. And uh, oh, we talk about you a lot. 
an awful lot lately. So that's it. Well, now I hope you'll um, I hope you'll make good time. Apparently, the weather is in your favour anyway. I think you're going south, Vincent said. So the wind, what's wind today? Southeast. I know that that should fare you a bit, wee bit. Well, you sound better than ever, better than ever. Well, now I could keep talking to you for a month and still not say anything. I'm that excited over over hearing both of you. Over. Um, I just give you back to himself, Ted. He'll see you on the trip. And give my love to everybody and say happy birthday to David for me. Over and out. It's 1800 hours, uh, Monday evening. What an extreme change in weather. Uh, earlier this morning we were racing along in 30 knots over the deck, 25 knots over the deck. Now we're on the verge of being calmed. Uh, we've cleared Slyne Head uh, on our port beam. We've left uh, Inish Boffin and Inish Turk. Uh, we've plotted a course now directly for uh, Skelligs, which are uh, 120, 130 miles uh, due south approximately. Uh, the sun is glaring down. It's absolutely a gorgeous evening. It's reflecting off the ocean in several different colours of blue onto the uh, white clouds, grey clouds, and then blue sky. The spinnaker is an enormous uh, sail we put up when the wind is behind us. The wind has gone around to the uh, north, northwest. Uh, it's about three and a half thousand square feet of sail area and uh, we're ghosting along at about uh, three and a half knots uh, which is way below the average we need to maintain if we're to break the record. The average we must maintain is eight knots approximately. Uh, yes, coming in towards the Blasket Islands uh, which are off the southwest corner of Ireland. Um, we've then got a tack round this southwest corner until we get to the Fastnet Rock and then it should be one straight tack all the way up to Tusker Rock. Over. Well, are you happy with your progress so far, Robin? Over. Uh, yes, reasonably so. Um, we could have done without being becalmed yesterday. We lost a lot of time then. Over. Well, at this rate, when do you hope to be back at the kit? Over. Um, I'm a bit conservative about this sort of thing, Roy, but uh, it's possible we could get back there tomorrow afternoon, evening. Over. Well, you've obviously had a very fast passage, but has it been a smooth one? Uh, no, the touring conflict. If we're going fast, it's not very smooth. Um, certainly, uh, the first five hours up to Belfast Loch were very, very uh, rough and bumpy. And um, it wasn't that calm around the northern coast. Just at the moment, we're bouncing around all over the place. Over. What has been the most difficult part of the trip? Over. Um, any sailor will tell you the most difficult part is when you're becalmed. The one thing we don't like is having no wind. Over. Well, have the winds been favourable to mostly? Over. Uh, yes, they're on the head now. They're, um, we're close hauled, um, which is uh, not the fastest point of sailing, but at least we've got wind. Over. And are the crew behaving themselves, Robert? The crew have been first rate, absolutely first rate. Uh, I couldn't have asked for a better crew for this trip. Over. Thanks very much, Robin. I think that's okay. Is there anything else that was worth relating on, on the trip? On board, Robin. Over. Well, Roy, you haven't seen the boat, so you can't visualise it, but we've got headroom of about three foot six. Uh, we've had six people all asleep in a little cabin, which is eight foot by ten feet. Uh, we cook in a cabin which is about four foot by six foot, 
and currently I'm sitting in the navigation area which is about uh, six feet long and about ten feet wide and three foot six high so you can imagine it's all very cramped especially when you've got nine people jammed into it over you winky here much what sort of course are we holding out there um, I think we're on about 205 which is just west to south we're laying very nicely outside the blaskets. I think we're about six miles outside the blaskets, and we can see everything on the de the blaskets, including the hens out on the farm on Mr. Hockey's Island, and himself picking the eggs up. Very sharp eyesight this hour of the morning. Is it wet out there? We're all as bright as buttons this morning. It's very wet out there and salty, and we're told we're going to get hailstones to clean us off, which will run the morning out just beautifully. Uh, tell me, Bernard, how are you enjoying your porridge? Oh, yes. I really like the English porridge. That's very good. But that's Irish porridge. Oh, well, that's even better then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have this uh, rare chef uh, imported from France at great expense, yeah. and we're having breakfast at about uh, 900 hours in the morning. Uh, we're bouncing around in a fairly choppy sea. The sun is out. Dermot, how are you enjoying your porridge? This porridge is beautiful, Linda. Can you describe the sensation of porridge off the Blasket Islands at 9 o'clock in the morning, bouncing around in the sea? Well, the Blaskets are moving a bit behind. It's the Skelligs I'm looking forward to because I spent a lot of time in that part of the country. But the porridge is beautiful. Really lovely, honestly. Oh, I believe you. That porridge is like um, Jesus Christ coming down your throat with a black velvet, with a velvet trousers. Can I scratch my head over that one? Our breakfast have settled. It's now 10.30 hours uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, the wind is blowing uh, steady 25 knots. We've got two reefs in and the jib reefed. Uh, we're beating into this uh, south easterly wind uh, towards in towards uh, Inish Vicolone. Uh, we've passed the uh, Inish Therok Island and we're looking at the Blaskets and on the other side of Dingle Bay we can see uh, Valencia Island, Brayhead, Puffin Island and then uh, the Great Skellig itself. Uh, we are trying to weather the Great Skellig and uh, once we get around Dursey Head uh, we then head for Sheep's Head and the Mizzen before bearing off uh, to head up the southwest coast of Ireland and uh, hopefully if this wind will hold uh, will make very, very good time indeed. Uh, but this is a difficult part of the voyage because uh, we're experiencing headwinds and uh, we're losing uh, time on our average. We're now 46 hours at sea. We've covered uh, 435 miles approximately with about 260 to go. Uh, all going well if we can keep up this uh, pace and if the wind does uh, favour us at all, uh, we should break the record, but uh, anything can happen and uh, we're still quite uh, tense about it all. <laughs> <laughs> You're now an ashtray. <laughs> Is the opener there any place? Uh, oh, it's the, the great spanner. <laughs> we know this is a very austere boat. You have to use the can opener to open your beer bottles. I mean, Wait. a civilised John always has half a dozen of the good old triangular. Two presents for the boat that weigh nothing. Winky, British Rail has got fists under their coaches. Where was I to get one from? <laughs> you, you don't often have crown corks these days, do you? Crown corks. 
around the southwest corner most of the day, hoping that uh, once we get round fast net we'll be able to free off slightly and speed up a touch, over. Yeah, right, uh, we've, we've had southerly winds here right along the south coast of Ireland, uh, but easing off we've only got two here now, we're about 12 miles southwest of the Bishop at the moment. Uh, when we rounded uh, Tusca this morning it was uh, southerly force four, if that. Uh, over. Many thanks to you. Yes, we'll do our best, and um, nice chatting to you, and have a good trip to Halifax, ever. The forecast from northern, eastern, southeastern coastal waters, from Mallinhead to Holthead to Roaches Point and the Irish Sea. The wind south to southeast, five or six, gradually decreasing southeast or variable, force two to four. Showers, some heavy, Visibility good except in showers. The forecast for southwestern. I beg your pardon. Forecast for southwestern, western, northwestern coastal waters from Roaches Point to Slanehead to Mallinhead. The wind south to southeast about force four, decreasing to variable force three or less. Showers, some heavy. Visibility good, except in showers. We're sitting in the galley. Uh, it's an unusual affair. Uh, it's a bit difficult to visualise, other than that the maximum height is three and a half feet. Uh, perhaps you could take us on a guided tour, uh, Jenny. Shall we go for a walk around? <laughs> well, as Enda says, you can only sit in the galley. In fact, it's a very safe galley. You have your cooker on the forward bunk bulkhead which is a little two-ring gas burner fixed. Um, underneath that you've storage for the saucepans and the plates. And beside the cooker you've two shelves for all the bits and pieces like coffee, tea, sugar, milk, jams and um, anything you need. And on the after side, which is a, gives you a gap of about um, two foot, you have the water barrel, the lavatory, and the storage for dry goods, a big deep locker, which you could, about a foot deep and about three foot long, where you can pile all the dry goods and the hooks to hang the fruit and vegetables around behind you. 
In fact, though, it looks appalling. It's a very good working galley. Everything is to hand. It's very safe. You can't get thrown around. And the only danger I could see if she really bounced is the saucepan might come off on top of you. However, the cooker is well fiddled. Do you remember that there are only the three um, compartments, the living, the navigation, and the galley? And you pull down the roll of kitchen paper as a sign that you're sitting on the loo. Yeah, in fact, the, the loo or the head is apparently from um, a Boeing uh, aircraft, and uh, it uh, opens straight out to the ocean uh, in that effectively we're living on a platform built between two hulls and the loo uh, opens out uh, between the platform and um, away you go. Um, quite simple but very effective. So um, I think that's about it with the galley. And it, Thank really, you. Is, and it really is quite hygienic, um, though it sounds dreadful. If everybody keeps everything clean and tidy, it really isn't as unhygienic as it might sound. After a long, hard slog clearing the southwest corner of Ireland, past Dingle Bay, Bantry Bay, around the Mizzen and the Fastnet Rock, we made our way through darkness up along the south coast. Our VHF radio was a constant source of communication, and as we made our way further and further around Ireland, a clear sense of coastal community started to emerge, with much treasured communications with the respective lightkeepers, who keep an informal coast watch and an invaluable safety feature on the coastline. Having started well, we had by this stage lost a considerable amount of ground on the record. However, we kept working hard, we kept pushing the boat, and eventually we were blessed with favourable winds. By 09.30 hours the following morning, we rounded the Tusker Rock. On turning that corner, up the Irish Sea, it was like going into another climate as the wind drew aft. The sun came out, the spinnaker was set, and the crew started to sing. Steering British Airways 1. It's about 2.30. Uh, we're approaching Wicklow Head. Uh, there's about uh, 25 knots, 20 knots of wind. Uh, we're doing 10 knots. Uh, Wicklow Head is just in the haze there. It's very, very beautiful. The sun is out. Spirits are very high. was music to our ears. 76 hours, 5 minutes and 34 seconds after departing the Kish, we had now returned, having smashed some 12 hours off the record set in 1984 by Dennis Doyle's Moonduster of Cork. The atmosphere was electric and there was a sense of achievement on board, while everybody was flabbergasted by the interest from the outside world. Our jubilant skipper, grinned from ear to ear as we dropped the spinnaker and made for Dunleary like a scarlet cat. 
Instantly the yacht took off and accelerated away at 24 knots in the beam winds. Not even the lifeboat or fast press boats could keep up. They eventually caught up with us all right at a press conference later in the National Yacht Club. Are you all absolutely exhausted now? No. But if you suggest we will get, we've got to go around again, the answer is no. <laughs> we'd have to go shopping again. We'd have to go shopping first. <laughs> we've eaten everything on board. I'm willing to go, go tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. I'm willing to go. Yeah. Oh, the, the short answer is everybody's dizzy because we've answered that. Were there any moments of danger? Um, I think. Uh, Scotch is getting a bit loud. not not real danger no but when you're pushing a boat to limits um especially with multi-house you know there comes a point where you just might let her go too far and what the day we set out i don't think you saw it but we lifted a hull eight feet Mm. don't tell lord king But there was this, we sort of seemed to hover there for an awful long time before we came back again. Um, I think that was probably it. Uh, were there any other moments, I think? We lost the steering once, but that got fixed quickly. So how many times did you take over the helm during the voyage? Oh, whenever it was your watch, we did four hours on and four hours off, and everybody stayed during their watch for whatever length of time the circumstances sort of worked out. Did you enjoy it? Oh, enormously. Um, sometimes very frightening, but... Um, Certainly, it, it was it was really very enjoyable. Mind you, when the rain was raining down on the way out to the Kish, I did have second thoughts as to <laughs> what we were earth we were doing, beating our way out to start on this venture. Yes, I hate ra- I hate rain. Was, cold rain. No, no way we were stopping to let you off there. No, no, no. <laughs> I know this is primarily obviously a yachting occasion, but people are not going to want to know, Mrs. Guinness, how you feel now about what happened a month ago. And if you ever think about it, and is your life getting back to normal? Of course I think about it. Um, For the first time, I woke up in the saloon, the wardroom. (laughs) The wardroom. Of British British Airways, when we were coming up from Plymouth, and um, (laughs) my first concern was where I'd put my trousers. Um, That was great. So that's the beginning of getting back to normal. But of course the other thing is always in the back of my mind, and um, gradually it will fade. And the more of this sort of thing um, I do, the better. Did it compare in any way being in a confined space? In oh, no, 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 because this was, the, the, I mean, this was exciting and beautiful and um, you were with friends and, and so it was quite, quite different, not at all. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all very much. There are some people on my left who think, I think have earned a rest now. There was no rest, but who cares? The celebrations went on for three days, and in many respects, with so many wonderful places to stop en route, it was staffed to circumnavigate this island of ours without a break. But the non-stop record was there to be broken, and it had to be done. So the last word is perhaps left to the sardonic Winky Nixon of Ireland Afloat magazine, or perhaps, as he worried at some stages, Sunk magazine. The boat is capsizable, and we had a very vivid illustration of this shortly after the start and then on two other occasions. But the curious thing is you learn to live with this. You learn to live with what you might call an acceptable level of apprehension and you function accordingly and at the end 
I think people were just accepting the fact that if she went upside down, so be it. Of course, the great advantage was at the end, once we came around the Tusker Rock and sailed up the east coast of Ireland, the water is so shallow that even if we did capsize her, she wouldn't go completely upside down and we'd become a navigational hazard with a light on top of us or something like that. <laughs> and um, d d we sailed 704 miles. Uh, every member of the crew had their own personal feelings about it. What was the most memorable part of the Round Ireland record to you? Well, to be quite honest, so soon after it, I still haven't even delineated the highlights. Uh, this is the fourth time I've sailed Round Ireland. Every time it gives a profound feeling of fulfilment. It is a marvellous size to sail round, no matter how long you take to do it. The variety of the coastline is marvellous. The people you come in contact with, whether through radio or if you do happen to go into a port, by meeting them. The variety is absolutely fantastic. It gives you a sense of this coastal community, which I think is the thing that most vividly came to us all during it. But doing it in a vessel that can sail, and she does utterly sail, she's no auxiliary engine, whatever, that can sail at speeds of up to 25 knots. Um, puts the whole thing into an entirely different perspective. I mean, on the Monday morning, it was a grim, cold Monday morning, and yet on that Monday morning, at 5 o'clock when we came and watched, we were off Bloody Foreland, which is the northwest tip of Donegal, and four hours later, at the end of our watch, we were off the stags of Broadhaven, the northwest tip of Mayo, 75 miles, logged just like that, absolutely magic sailing. It was real hovercraft stuff. In fact, when she gets her condition, she is, she's a magic carpet. She literally floats over the water. Uh, and finally, where does it all go from here? Well, I think it's shown that now that the conception of a Round Ireland record has been accepted, and uh, now that it has been accepted and shown how utterly manageable it is, it, should, it really should run and run because People now have to be thinking in terms of two and a half to three days, which is enough to get the world at large interested in the thing, to understand what is going on, and yet it doesn't go on for so long that everybody dies of boredom with it. It's a course which has everything. Contact can be maintained with the vessels involved throughout. It, it is just a beautiful concept because it is so clearly defined and it simply is whoever now sails round Ireland as quickly as possible and I'm delighted that British Airways have now put up the Concorde Trophy which will be held by whoever happens to be at that time the fastest boat round Ireland. It may be somebody from the Round Ireland race. It may well be there's talk of another challenge with another giant multi-hull in September, possibly from Northern Ireland. It may well be they will take it. I don't doubt that the British Airways record will not stand forever. And as Robin himself said after he'd finished, in fact, it's eminently beatable. And we know ourselves we nearly got halfway around Ireland in 24 hours. It is not beyond the realms of possibility that some magic day somebody will manage to go around Ireland in two days under sail.